Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you are with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're thankful we made it uh, through the storm and just kind of messy yards for the most part, and uh, we're grateful people. Amen. Last week, I shared with you vision of uh, some things the Lord has put in our hearts, some initiatives, five different initiatives that, that uh, we're undertaking, and um, we want to make sure that you're aware of those things, so you can go online, um, and we have just a host of things there, the archives of last week's message or the podcast. Um, there's a whole uh, site on, on our website that outlines and summarizes everything, and there's links to more information. And then also we have a card available for you. If you were here last week, you would have gotten one of these. And uh, if you didn't get one, you can get these at guest services. But we want to make sure that it is plain, that it is clear. Scripture says that one of the ways that we're steward vision that God gives us is that we make it plain, clear, understandable, so that when you see it, you can comprehend it and be able to run with it, as Scripture says. And so we're in that little season right now of releasing vision and getting real clarity so that everybody gets on board with that so we can we can pray and make our supply to make those things uh, happen. Amen? It's going to be pretty exciting. And I'll keep saying this, and I'll keep saying this. Watch what God will do. Amen? Well, we're going to dive into the Word this morning and begin a series called The Power of Prayer. And I'll go ahead. My sister was here first service, and she said these were gator colors. No, no, they're not quite, not quite, but let's go ahead. Luke chapter five, verse 16. As often, this is in the message paraphrase, as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out of the way places for prayer. Would you read that with me? I just want to get that in our thinking. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out of the way places for prayer. And if he, the son of God, realize the importance of prayer and practice the importance of prayer that much, I think certainly we, we need to uh, connect a little better with prayer. Can I get an amen on that this morning? Here's, here's a principle we have taught for years here. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer. Let me just add one more in there. To place of prayer with miracles in between. He went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer. Read the Gospels. And then the miracles are in between. I think sometimes our, our view of that has been reversed. They did these miracles and he did these great things. But if you watch, interspersed throughout, he often, as often as, as he could, uh, he made it a part of his life. A lot of times he got up a great while before the sun was up just so that he could get those times alone with the Father. And so Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. I would recommend that for us as well. Look with me in Romans chapter 12. It says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Then in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, kind of echoes the same thing. Always be joyful, and I'm teaching on that on Wednesday night right now, uh, part two this Wednesday called Joyful. 
Always be joyful. Verse 17, never stop praying. And then verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So what we have, we have Jesus modeling prayer, teaching us about prayer. And then we have New Testament commands. These are imperatives in the, in the language that we are to do these things. These are literally a call to pray, a call to pray. And, and we need to understand that prayer, prayer is powerful. I said prayer is powerful. Prayer is vital. Prayer is a privilege. And we, we need to be much better versed in prayer and get that working in our life. Answer this call to pray that Scripture gives us. It is for our own good. It's not religious busy work. It is for our benefit. It is a great, powerful privilege that we are able to, to pray. And in the days we live in, I think we need to know how to pray. Amen. Well, there's several problems with prayer. And uh, whenever I teach on prayer, I like to kind of get some of the problems out of the way. The first one would be this. The, the biggest problem with praying is we don't. We don't. We worry about things. We uh, post things. We Google things. And we should pray about things. So the first thing is, is that we don't, we don't pray. And James 4.2, it says this, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. And I, I would say that there are answers and things and strength and, and, and so forth in our life that we need that we do not have. And I think they would be the fruit of prayer. I found that in my own life. There are times where I'll get wound up about something and, and we need this and I've got to do this. And then I realize I haven't even prayed about it. And once you do pray and make that powerful connection with God, not only, not only does he begin to help you, but a peace comes because you know you have some help from beyond yourself. So the first problem with prayer would be is that, that we don't. The second problem with praying is we pray prayers that are much too small, too small. We pray prayers like this, bless my sandwich and get me a good parking space at the mall. And I believe God can do both of those. You know, and I, I, I love, I count it as favor if I get a good parking space somewhere. And I like for him to bless my sandwich. But I think he can do so much more. And then thirdly, we pray prayers that are much too general. They're too general. Lord, help him bless everybody and fix everything. You know, and he can. He can help. He can bless. He can fix but I, I just see that the pattern in the teaching of prayer is much more specific. And when we pray specific prayers, we're going to be receiving specific answers. And beyond our sandwich, our parking spot, or fix everything, I believe God wants to show his glory. I believe he wants to show his strength. I, I believe he wants to show his goodness. And part of that is connected to our willingness to engage in prayer. Now, Here's a principle. We have taught this for years and years and years. I believe this. I pray that you'll take this to yourself, and it is this. Your future, go ahead, your future. Hello. There it is. Your future is paved in prayer. Make it personal and, and read it with me. Say, my future. My future 
is paved in prayer. And by this, I mean that prayer is what paves the road, so to speak, of where you're headed. We're all on a path. We're all on a road. And prayer paves that. Now, go, go here with me just for a moment. Prayer does not change now. Nothing changes now. Prayer prepares the future. It will prepare the future to not look like now or not feel like now or if now is desirable, to preserve now. So my future, your future is prepared, it's paved in prayer. And if we use that idea of the road or the path, may we never run up against a barricade or a roadblock in, in our path because we have not been praying. You're going to have enough roadblocks. You'll have enough uh, barricades and things in the way. Let them not be because we weren't praying. So prayer, everybody say, my future, my future. is paved in prayer. And so we want to stay ahead. You need to have a current prayer life, a current prayer life, so that you are stepping into that future, that you're praying out ahead. See, there's really two, two types of prayer. There's reactive prayer, which most people do. Oh, no, something happened. We'd better pray. And then there's proactive prayer. And I really prescribe that, proactive prayer, that we get ahead of things in prayer because our future is indeed paved in prayer. Can we get an amen on that this morning? Now, Sir Isaac Newton, you've heard of him, Sir Isaac Newton. He's kind of like the Chuck Norris of scientists. He invented the pet door, the telescope, prism, not prison, but prism that refracts light. Physics, the laws of motion, the laws of gravity, the laws of momentum, and calculus. He said this, all my discoveries have been made in prayer. All my discoveries have been made in prayer. And then George Mueller, uh, George Mueller, over a a century ago in Bristol, England, he was not only a a minister, but his his greatest work was he ran an orphanage. And over his lifetime, they cared for over 10,000 orphans. And he made it a rule of his life that he would ask no one for any help. He would just depend upon God. Pretty gutsy. And he has a number of books that are classics now that you could read about how God came through. One of them that is just notable to me, he's not asking anybody for anything. He's got this big house full of orphans and they have no milk, no milk. And this is before cars and so forth. And all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and it's the milkman. And he said, my cart has, has lost its wheel right out in front of your place. I don't have time to go and do something else. The milk will spoil. Would you like it? I find that I have much, many more uh, coincidences when I pray. Okay? And so powerful things. But I love this quote by Mueller. And he says this, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk about, when I lie down, and when I rise up. And here's the line. And the answers are always coming. The answers are always coming. Go ahead and say that. The answers are always coming. Why could he say that? First of all, because God had proven that to him. But he kept this current prayer life of when I walk around, 
when I sit down, when I rise up. He was engaged in a spirit of prayer. And so his future was being paved. He, He had tapped into God's power and presence for his future. And then he always knew the answers are always coming. That's a good way to live. Amen? So... There are certain things that compel us, that drive us, that move us to pray. Pain will move you to pray. You know, suddenly you're praying. When I fell off the roof last fall, I tell you what, I started praying. I already had an active prayer life, but it got real intense. Okay? Um, there are stories of, of proclaimed atheists trapped under a burning car. And you know what they did? Prayed out loud. Pray. Pain will move you to, to pray. Love for your kids. I'll tell you what, the love for, for my kids every morning, I'm praying certain things over them. And it's, it's, it's love for them. It's what I want for them. It's what I believe God has for them that I'm praying over them every morning. So, so that will compel you to, to pray. Um, different things in life, our hopes, our dreams, our desires. Crisis will, will drive you, compel you to pray. Problems will drive you. A hurricane coming, that, that'll make it. Some of y'all haven't prayed in months. And, and I'll tell you what else will make you pray. An election. Sorry to bring that up this, this morning. In a, in a few weeks, the, the, actually, I think it's the first Sunday of November, just prior to the election, I'm going to endeavor to share some perspective on that. Um, I'll just say this briefly. I have never been so conflicted, frustrated, disappointed. I really have, I'm troubled that in this great, great nation, these are the only choices we have. I really, I'm really troubled by that. But let me say something. Let me say something. So what do we do? Well, we'll be talking about that. But make sure that you're praying because... Hear this, hear this. Jesus, Jesus is unafraid to enter chaos. It's what he's always done. He comes into our chaos. And boy, we have it with a capital C, you know? But we pray. And, and listen, these may be our only choices. There was a time with the children of Israel where they had no choice. And their ruler was now Nebuchadnezzar. And you couldn't have a worse, more evil person. And you know what God made provision for them to do? To be able to thrive, yet still they were in Babylon. So we'll talk more about that later, but in the meantime, you make sure you are praying, all right? All right? Another thing that will compel us to pray is vision. Vision. Vision, just like when we pray our dreams, our desires, points to what could be and what should be. And as I shared with you last week, vision, I want to take a few moments and just recap in the middle of this teaching on prayer about vision. And part of it would be for this reason. Studies show, and we watch it, on any given Sunday, at least a third of our people are not here. And so the baby is sick, we're out of town, grandma's not feeling good, I wanted to sleep in, you know, whatever it would be. You know, so all the people that you see here all the time, and some of you are like clockwork. You, you just don't miss. Other people, there are different things that are, that are going on. So at any point, 
we're missing about a third of our people, and then they rotate and cycle through. So chances are a third of our people that would be here today know nothing about vision that I shared with you last week. So that's one of the reasons why we have it on the web. We've got the card available to you. We have some other things we're going to give to you next week and so forth. And then I want to take just a moment and, and just kind of recap vision for you quickly here. Um, first of all, let me give you our definition of vision. Vision is a God-given goal. You don't want anything other than that. God-given goal that is attainable, but it's attainable through the plan, the power, and the provision of God. Could you read that with me this morning? Vision is a God-given goal that is attainable through the plan, power, and provision of God. And so through a lot of prayer, a lot of thought, a lot of counsel, some consulting, more prayer, time, waiting, thinking, praying, clarity and peace come to us. And then as we realize those things, then you're at a point where you make a decision. You decide, okay, we're going to step ahead and do these things. We believe in our hearts. It, it, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, as the book of Acts says. And so then we make a decision to step forward. Now get this principle. Decisions translate into energy. Decisions translate into energy. Nothing happens until you make a decision. And so that's why we're deciding. That's why we're now uh, releasing and announcing vision so that we can now begin to step into the plan. And, for, and watch this. Once you step into the plan, which we are now doing, we believe the plan will unfold further for us. And then also the power and the provision will follow. And I'll say it to you and I'll say it to you and I'll say it to you. Watch what God will do. Amen. Amen. Now, so quickly, let me share with you five different initiatives. um, And some of them are much bigger than others. But here's the first one here. Kingdom Builders. Kingdom builders. And we're inviting all of you to be a kingdom builder. A kingdom builder is a person who prayerfully invests in helping to fund vision projects. It takes all of us to make every week happen. All the things and outreaches and staffing and equipment and upkeep and all of those things. But for us to step into something bigger, for us to, to, to take on these vision projects, uh, you know, it takes kingdom builders and we're inviting all of you. And on, on the web, there's more information on this, but these are people that would just over their tithe above that, they would prayerfully invest in what we're called to do in these vision, uh, uh, vision projects that are before us. Secondly would be next steps, next steps. Everybody say next steps. This is our assimilation process. This is the core of our discipleship. For example, if a person walks the aisle, you know, in an uh, altar call, they respond to that. That's a big step. What we want to do is help them take the next steps. And so to bring greater clarity, greater ease, retooling of this very, very important part of the ministry so that we can help people. Jesus didn't just say make converts. He said make disciples. And so this is to help make sure that we're getting people traveling, taking the next steps in in their relationship with the Lord. The third is this, Dream Team Central. This will involve some actual um, renovation within the building where we're going to take some current uh, staff and administration area, repurpose that 
um, change it out so that it, it is much more functional, much more multi-purpose. It will serve our staff better. But then the other thing is it will serve our dream team. Our dream team is made up of our volunteers. It takes hundreds of those for every service. And so when they come together, they have to have a place to meet, a place to pray, a place to, to uh, uh, gather, get, get their... Uh, uh, act together, so to speak, and also a place to fellowship. And so this will be used, that same space will be used for Dream Team because they currently have a space, but we're taking it away from them because we must have room for, for our growing children's ministry. So that leads me to the third or the, the next one, which is kids' halls and special needs. So the kids' halls, we're taking some of that space and we've got to create more secured classroom space for our children's ministry. That's a good problem. Everybody say good problem. And we want to do that right. And so we're taking that space and reworking that space. And then I'm very excited about this too, is our special needs ministry, is that we're also going to secure some space um, in, in those changes so that we have room for special needs ministry. We have a number of families within our church. We have a number of families within our community that we want to be able to encourage them, minister to them, at, while at the same time provide, um, I mean, top quality, caring um, help and ministry to the special needs um, to their kids. And uh, we, we've had people that have come through Growth Track that we find out are, are gifted, called, trained in these type of things. I've had so much good response on this that just this past week where the families could come, be ministered to, have a little relief, get encouraged, and then their children are ministered to the love of God at whatever level that they can receive it. And I just think that that's a real uh, heart of God kind of thing that we'll be doing. And so I'm very excited about that one as well. And then lastly is the biggie, and it is this multi-site church. A multi-site church is one church. Everybody say one church. One church, but has multiple locations. We are growing. We are saturating this, this property and this, this part of town. I gave a lot of statistics last week. Please go online and, and uh, you'll hear full case for this. But um, we, we believe it is time. We don't know where yet, but in another place in um, a secret undisclosed location. No. In another, we are starting to really search and research and to find where that location would be that would best serve, um, you know, adding on. We, some churches do a, a, a school auditorium or a movie theater. I just don't see us doing it that way. We're going to secure a building. Either we buy it, lease it, build it, or somebody will give it to us. Amen. I, watch what God will do, Okay. And uh, we want to dress it out like Meadowbrook, let our signature be excellence and, um, and, and that we can serve. And I've had, I've had, this has been funny, I've had about three people ask me already this morning, what about this area, what about this area? And uh, I, I would just say this, one at a time. And let's do this one right. And you know what, I'm excited what God may have for us, but one, one thing at a time, Okay. And as we do this one and do this right, we plan to launch that within the next 18 to 24 months. There's a couple scenarios where it might could happen sooner. And uh, so what we want to do is just pray and enter into the plan. And as we step into the plan, watch this. The power will follow. The provision will follow. And watch what God will do. Amen? Amen. So vision compels us to pray. Vision is a call to pray. So when we have these things in front of us, our future is paved how? 
in prayer, not by information campaigns, not by me just telling you. Our future is paved. We will get there. One of the primary things that we must do, are you all with me this morning, is we must pray. We must pray. And I think it's very timely that we're on this prayer series. So vision is a call to action. It is a call to pray. And let me just insert this. It is also a call to generosity. We are not naturally generous. By nature, we're not generous. You watch two little kids, and what are they usually fighting about? Mine, you know? And we don't just, as we age, we don't just drift into generosity. We must be called to it. So not only does vision call us to action, not only does it call us to prayer, it calls us to generosity. And so I'm calling us as a church family that, that we pray and we become generous so that we can do this. The pace of all of this will be determined by generosity. You know, the, we can accelerate all of this as if, if all of us do our, our part on this. We're going to receive a special vision offering on Sunday, November the 20th. And this is what I want each of you to do. Each of you to do. You ready? And husbands and wives hold each other to do this. Pray and ask God what you're to do. You don't have to be rich to do this. Matter of fact, we don't have many rich folks among us. Seriously. This is just a body. And and we're not doing a campaign. We're not doing pledge cards. We're not going to have a crew, you know, show up at your door, knock on your door and say, so what are you going to give? This is the way I believe that it can work. You ready for this? I believe that all of us pray and ask God what we're to do. And if we respond to that, I believe that God will meet the need. Amen. And, and obviously some can give more than others can give, but it's just a matter of just like your body, let every part make it supply. Every part do their part and watch what happens as a whole. And I believe that God will do that. Can you believe God with me for that? So I want us to begin to prepare an offering. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, next week. Not last week. Next week. And it's something that Scripture talks about, how we can prepare uh, an offering. It's a very holy thing for us to be involved in something that God has called all of us to do. And we'll be talking more about that. Vision for us is our part within God's bigger plan. And within our part, we find your part. Within our part, we find my part. And so we don't, we could do the pressure program. I don't like the pressure program. I don't like to be pressured. I don't like to pressure people. I see a better way in scripture that each of us, we seek God. God will show us what each of us are are to do. He will provide for us. And as we respond to him, he will bless and, and make this thing happen. Watch what God will do. Amen. Thank you. I believe that God doesn't just want to do something for us. He doesn't just want to do something through us. I have found this over my lifetime in ministry. He wants to do something in us. Every time we step out to do something that we believe God is calling us to do, corporately together, individually, God will do something for us. God will do something through us. But this, this is probably the bigger thing that happens. He does something in us. Because then we've learned to step up in prayer. We've learned to step up in faith. We've learned to step up in generosity. And then God comes through and proves himself faithful. And you know what? You end up feeling stronger in faith, stronger in prayer, and so forth. So I'm believing God not just to do a great thing for us, not just do a great thing through us, 
but God to do great thing in us. How many of you want that for you as, as well? Amen. Well, let me, let me finish with this, with this idea and thinking about prayer, that Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. That one of our biggest problems is we just don't pray about things. Like I said, we, we want to look it up on WebMD or we want to call our three friends or, or whatever it would be. And, and we have this privilege, this powerful privilege to pray. And it's vital, vital that you and I pray. Imagine if you would, and this is all imagine, okay? I don't want this for any of us. But imagine that you are diagnosed with a certain disease. And if you don't have a particular medicine, morning, noon, and night, you die. Well, if you knew if I don't take this medicine morning, noon, and night, I die, you'll take your medicine. You will find a way to make sure you don't miss it, that you don't skip it, that it sneaks up on you. You know, you'll find a way. You'll get your friends to, hey, remind me, knock on my door, call me. You'll set alarms on your phone so that you don't forget. And if you realize that if I skip this and I'm a couple hours late, I start to fall apart. It's vital that we understand I, I must have this. I've got to have this or I, or I fall apart and I die. Can I tell you something? Follow me over on this. Prayer is that pill. Prayer is that pill. If we are not connected in prayer, morning, noon, and night, look at me. You fall apart. You fall apart. Here's what we do sometimes, though. I'm feeling pretty good. Things are going okay. I think I'll skip a couple of doses. And you can't do it because we need this connection with our, with our loving Heavenly Father to his plan, to his power, to his provision in our life. Don't even think about vision right now. Just for our life. And we must have that morning, noon, and night, this powerful thing of prayer. Prayer can help keep our life together. I like this. Prayer can help things that are falling apart to fall into place. And I think there's so many things that we've just backed off and we're watching happen and we're narrating as it happens. And look at that. And we're not praying. And instead I say, go with me on the metaphor here. Take the pill. Morning. Noon, night, there are other times you're going to need to up your dosage. But never skip it because of the connection that we have with the power and the help of God that he can even take something that's falling apart and help it to fall into place. Take the time for prayer. Make the time for prayer. It is worth it. The time is worth it. And let's make sure that we answer this call to pray. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.